0: Sterner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the writer and co-creator of the comic book series, The Amazing Shakes, Mike Gibson. He's here to discuss The Amazing Shakes, issue one, Vampire Girlfriend, currently on Kickstarter. Welcome, Mike.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you. Um, I was was very excited when you reached out to have me on the show. Um, It's great to be here.
0: Well, thank you for joining us. But uh, outside my introduction, who is Mike Gibson and what are you about?
1: um well um i have been a primarily singer songwriter uh band member in syracuse new york for um i don't know my entire uh, adult life uh pre-teen teen and adult life i would say um i've been in a number of bands um one of those bands is a band called the amazing shakes um i've also been a huge comic book fan and general nerd my entire life um, so I don't know when the when the idea struck me to turn the Amazing Shakes into from a real life band into a comic book um, it was something that I never really thought of before making a comic book but um, it was as soon as I thought of it I it was something that I I knew I couldn't let go it was something that it was it was gonna it was gonna be in my head until I got it out so um yeah
0: Okay. So what is the amazing shakes issue one vampire girlfriend about?
1: Um, it's kind of, well, it's an introduction to the characters, I guess. I mean, the amazing shakes as they exist in, as a real life band. Um, I will say normally when I talk about the band, the amazing shakes, I talk about it as if it's all real and that we are real life superheroes that put on magical masks and fight crime with our music. I'm going to drop that pretense uh, for this interview. Um, because honestly, it's hard to do. It's hard to talk like that all the time, pretend that it's real. But basically, The Amazing Shakes are a superhero band that you know we kind of dress in uniform and we wear these masks that we say give us magical powers or whatever. Um, and we have a song called Vampire Girlfriend, uh, which was written years ago before I had the idea for a comic book, but um, us being like a superhero nerdy band, when I did have the idea for comic book, I was like, oh, it'd be easy to turn these songs that we already have into either characters or stories or plots or whatever. So the first one I thought of was Vampire Girlfriend. I was like, oh, that's a perfect kind of character or villain um, sounding, uh, you know, character it kind of ties in, tied in with the song. The song is not necessarily the same plot as the book, but there's definitely some crossover there. Um, the book itself is, um, it's an introduction to The four main characters are three members of the band and they also have like a manager slash part-time or sorry to say part-time manager slash, you know, tech genius that kind of helps them out named Cherry and the four of them are the four main characters of the book. Um, It kind of establishes them as a band, but also heroes that, you know, fight giant monsters and encounter supernatural troubles, Uh, specifically in this instance, a... uh, a titular vampire girlfriend that attacks one of them and, um, uh, turns one of them into a vampire and then they have to figure out how to save him and, uh, bring him back. It's kind of an action packed first issue. There's kind of a lot going on, but, um, I wanted to, I wanted to squeeze in as much as I could in case this was the only book I ever ended up making. Um, I didn't want to like leave anything on the table. And so, uh, it moves pretty quick. Um, it also, it kind of, it doesn't, I say this on the Kickstarter campaign too, it it doesn't take the time to do like a traditional origin story. Like I'm not really worried at this point about telling people how they got the masks or what happened when they first put them on or their first adventures or figuring out their powers or anything like that. That's all stuff that I know and I have written down, but um, I thought it would be more interesting and take less time if you just kind of jumped right in. So the book opens with like this, they're in already in the middle of this big battle um against this like sewer monster um and so it kind of throws you right in but you know then kind of takes the time to drop little hints about their past or you know, connections between them, um you know as it goes forward so uh, you know without giving too much away i can say that's generally what it's about
0: uh yeah i think that can be a bit more interesting because like like you said you kind of wanted to put it all on the table with the first issue and then you sprinkle it in as you go. I think that's more interesting than giving it all at once with the origins for how they got their powers and then maybe branching off to one character here, one character there as far as who they are. But sprinkling in that that can be I think better than a than a cliffhanger in a way. Does that does that make sense?
1: So yeah, yeah absolutely. I think it can be more engaging and it can um it lends itself to world building a lot like i always like you know either watching the tv show or um uh, a comic book something like some kind of serialized storytelling where i can tell the writers and creators of this know more about the characters than i do um and you know maybe that is from they drop a little hint or it's a line of dialogue that hints at a deeper history for this character. Um, and whether or not they have that all fleshed out or not, it's still, it hints at something bigger. And as long as you're not doing it so much that, as long as you're not doing it so much and then never paying it off, <laughs> you know, that it's, uh, gets frustrating for people that are, uh, start asking these questions and start getting uh, more involved. Um, but I think there's a way to do it that, um, really kind of pulls people in. They, they want to know more. They want to know what, you know, about the characters, um, And they remember that like oh but i remember in issue one this character said this one thing and oh now in issue five they're finally paying it off like that you know it 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 builds it builds for the future and simultaneously tells you about their past um kind of at the same time um and that's kind of the approach that i wanted to take because i always envied that when i saw in other pieces of media
0: yeah that makes sense all right uh can you elaborate on the creative process for issue number one like You said it was an idea that you had to get down on uh, on paper. So just from a thought in your head to now promoting it on Kickstarter. So can you just elaborate on your creative process?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, well, it took a long time um, because I'm somebody. I'm a very collaborative person. I think that comes from uh, being in bands for so long, like my main band uh, here in Syracuse is called The Action, we've been together for over 20 years. It's like my high school band that just happened to be able to keep playing and that like never happened. So I'm so used to like this really collaborative environment of like pitching ideas back and forth and kind of like workshopping a song or whatever until it's done. But when came time to do it came time to write a comic book, I don't know anyone that's ever written a comic book. I don't know anyone that's drawn a comic book. I have several friends that are artists um, the drummer in the Amazing Shakes, uh, his name is Brandon Hall. He's a very, uh, a very accomplished artist and illustrator, and um, like mixed media artist here in Syracuse, New York. I immediately, like, when I had the idea in the studio, I literally said out loud, "We should do a comic book." Brandon, would you ever be interested in writing and drawing a comic book? And he goes, "I don't know. Probably take too much time." So I was like, "Okay, on my own." Um, and so it was. It was a while before I actually started doing it. Um, And it just got to be the point where I was like, okay, I'm either, I'm just gonna sit with this in my brain for the rest of my life, um, or I'm gonna actually do something with it. So why don't I at least start trying to write something? Um, So like I said, I'd never done this before. So I didn't know, I'd never written a script for anything before. So I had to think about, I had to figure out what they even looked like or how to format them. And I remembered, you know, I have some collected editions or trade paperbacks of you know comics graphic novels whatever and a lot of times in the back there's like you know special edition you know character designs and early sketches and sometimes there's script pages for the some of the some of the books you just read so i knew i had i knew i had one that was like a neil gaiman script and i knew i had one that had like a kevin smith script in it and the neil gaiman one just looked insane and it was like super detailed as you can imagine someone that writes like Neil Gaiman. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go with the Kevin Smith one that seemed pretty uh straightforward. So I I literally just like made everything that I was writing look like everything that I saw in the back of that um collected edition of one of his like Batman books. Um and I just kept like hammering at it. I had um my wife read it, I had some friends read it, um people that I trusted, but I was also like because I was doing it on my own. And it's, like I said, it's not often that I don't have somebody to like, tell me like, well, this, that's good, but maybe this, or that's good, but maybe this. Um, It took me a long time. And um, I even like, I pledged to a Kickstarter. um, And I pledged at a level uh, was a Kickstarter for a book called Science and the creators uh, were Jason Inman and Ashley V. Robinson. Um, And I pledged at a level that got me a script review from uh, comic book writer Mark Andrejko, who's written Supergirl, and uh, they collected the, the Love is Love um, book that they put out after the Pulse nightclub shooting. That was um, his idea. He's written Manhunter, and he's done a bunch of other stuff. Um, and so I actually got a lot of great feedback from those three, from Jason and Ashley and Mark Andrejko. Um Mark Andrejko was so gracious with his time, he actually spent an hour on the phone with me going over in detail my script, um, which was great. But for the time that I pledged through the time that I actually got to talk to him and got that feedback, uh, it was a long time and it got delayed because of his schedule. I mean, he's a busy guy and it was great when I actually got it. But in the meantime, it was, I felt kind of paralyzed. Like I couldn't do anything until I got this feedback. So like that kind of stretched out the time as well. So I was like, man, am I ever going to, is this ever going to happen? Am I ever going to do this? So finally I got the script to a point where I thought it was done more or less. And um, not too long after that is when COVID hit and we were in quarantine and we were locked down and we weren't doing anything. And that certainly took a hit on the music side of my life. Like bands aren't playing, no one's booking shows and you know we're not even getting in the same room to practice anymore. So there's really nothing moving forward as far as band stuff. So for the first time in a long time, I felt like this this is the first time in a very long time that i am solely in control of what i am going to do creatively moving forward um and so i had to really sit and be like well am i just going to write a bunch of songs for a band that i you know i have no idea when we're going to start practicing again and recording um or what else do i want to do and when i asked myself that question i said i want to make that comic book um so that's when i decided to reach out to um my artist, who was Riley McFarlane, um, who's somebody that I met. I didn't even meet her. I met her when I reached out to her to make the comic book with me. I started following her on Twitter um, because of uh, the wonderful writer Gail Simone, um, is well known on Twitter for creating pro comic creator hashtag campaigns and things like that. She had done one years ago called uh, it was hashtag I want to make comics for indie creators to publish their own works, to you know find each other, and I was I wasn't far enough along on my script to be able to like post a page or anything yet really, or I wasn't confident enough, I should say. Um, but I was following that hashtag and just taking note of all the comic um, artists that I liked. And Riley was far and away my favorite. So when it came time to reach out, I sent her an email. I was very nervous to write her an email. I was like, this has to be the perfectly crafted email. I probably spent you know a full week making sure every word was correct. Um, you know, because I'm 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 cold reaching out to uh, a woman that I found online and have been following on Twitter. You know, I'm you know a standard cis white dude, and I don't want to, her to think that I'm a creep or anything. So I was like, how do I convey that in an email? It's like, okay, I'll mention Gail Simone because nobody likes Gail Simone can be a creep, because um, that's not necessarily true, but you know, it's a signifier. Um, and fortunately, she uh, wrote back immediately and said she was immediately interested. You know, I, I made sure, you know, following her work, I could tell that she was a big fan of vampires. I made sure to mention that the book had vampires in it, you know, trying to like you know, reel her in a little bit. Um, but I don't know, whatever I did, it, it worked. And she immediately was interested in it and liked the script. And that was about a year and a half ago. And now, like you said, we're in the middle of this uh, Kickstarter campaign. It's going pretty well. So it's really surreal because it's taken so long to get to this point. And it's something that you know a few years ago i wasn't even really thinking of doing um although loving comic books forever i never really thought that i'd uh, write one um until i don't and until i did <laughs> i guess and I'll, although it took a long time to get to where i am now uh i'm really satisfied with the product as it is i think if i if i had rushed it or done it earlier um you know who knows it might not have been as solid of a script or riley may not have been available to work with me or whatever you know so um, you know it took a long time but the timing clearly worked out for the for the best i think
0: yeah that's what i'm thinking too like covid kind of forced a lot of us to explore things that we've been thinking about doing but never had the time to and then we were all stuck in the house for like three, four, five months and really had no choice yeah. and i think the script review took so long i mean that kind of worked out because then like you said if you did have the script done and it was solid, but then Riley wasn't available. So then you chose to go with somebody else, but like, what if you didn't like their work? So you would have, right. you had to pay them, like the money that they're owed and you have to start all over again. So then right. you may have to wait for Riley, like you probably should have in the beginning, but you have to wait even longer because now you got to get the money again. And who knows the price probably probably would have went up or who knows what could know. happened. So the timing all really kind of worked on Is It sounds like you had a better time with finding collaborators as well. I mean, you do know someone in the band, but he wasn't really interested. So you kind of had to reach out to other people. But I've heard these horror stories, again, about people reaching out to um, like people on Fiverr or other artists' websites. I, I recently spoke to a guy who paid a woman up front for her artwork for his comic, and he paid her the money. He thought it was worth it. And then she just totally ghosted him. So oh. like hundreds of dollars, that he paid, uh, and then she just disappeared, right? So then he had to start all over again with finding an artist.
1: Yeah, um, I definitely read a lot of those horror stories too. That's why part of the reason I was really nervous to reach out, um, to somebody, um, because I, I read horror stories and I also read plenty of, um, people that said, uh, things like, you know, make sure your make sure your script is so if you're working with an artist that you're not familiar with, make sure your script is overly detailed so you get exactly what you want because nine times out of ten you're going to get an, an artist that is just in it for the money and is going to write is going to draw whatever's in your script but may not be as invested in it as you are and that kind of like really shook me up because I was like okay well the, I what I would prefer is somebody that is out to make a really good book as, you know as as invested as in it as I am and you know is going to lend me their um their expertise and their ideas and not just draw because i'm paying them um and that is exactly what i got in riley um she has made this book so much better than it was on the page um just i mean let alone her artwork is so um like bright and beautiful and vibrant um and really kind of like brings everything to life it's the perfect kind of tone that i was going for between it's like cartoony, but also you believe that it's like serious, like there's real danger for the characters. And that's kind of I was trying to walk a line of like, you know, there's silliness and there's fun, but also like, you know, this monster could really kill you <laughs> at the same time. Like there's like stakes there, you know? Um, uh, and so her work, I was really thrilled when she said yes, because like her work really struck that same kind of tone. And then from there, she really brought in a lot of, you uh, just like, like like i was mentioning like her expertise her knowledge her like well i think this would flow better if i inserted another panel here or i don't think you really need this panel or in a situation where i just posted an update on my kickstarter today that talked about this one panel where um i think in my in my script it was like pan like page whatever 12 panel one the amazing shakes leave the sewer and walk towards a van that was it and like the panel when you look at it is it's point of view from inside the sewer, looking out through like the circular manhole cover where one of the guys is lifting the manhole cover to put it back on while the other two are drying themselves off because they got wet in the sewer and there's a van like in the background behind them. And like that right there is so much more than I wrote down on the page and is so much more like relevant and so much more storytelling like, uh, you know, it's just saying, okay, they're replacing the manhole and they're drying themselves off because like that's why they're not wet for the rest of the issue, you know, <laughs> like um it's just so much more detail of storytelling than i would have you know if it was me not that i can draw it all but you know um i would never have thought to put in that level of um, detail in just like a simple panel like that and that's the kind of like elevation and collaboration i was really looking forward to and it turns out riley is a big fan of the collaborative process in uh comic book making because it really is like there's so many times you can just say uh you know a lot of times, I feel like media, when they're reporting on comics, which they, I mean, rarely do, but something, when something breaks through, like, uh, Mr. Miracle, DC's Mr. Miracle from a couple years ago, uh, a lot of times, that's referred to as Tom King's Mr. Miracle, but, like, you know, Mitch Jarrett is the artist on that book, and that book would not be what it is if it wasn't for him, so, um, you know, it's easy to just focus on the writer, because they're, the, you know, came from their brain or whatever, but, you know, it's just as much of it came from, the artist's brain, because that's what you're looking at. And that's what you remember. Um, you know, I feel like more often than not, you're remembering how a book looked more than every single line of, of a book. Um, so uh, I was really interested in getting somebody that was going to elevate my script. And unfortunately I, I did in Riley.
0: Yeah. It sounds like would you, I mean, what you did, what you wrote is typical of a writer of a script writer. You write a line and then the performer or actor, or in this case, the visual artist will expand on it and elevate it. So just what Riley sounds like uh, she did. And it, like you said, I mean, you both are interested in the collaborative uh, effort and it really shows in your work as well. Cause it's like, if you were total opposites it would probably be the worst thing ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that is some, um, some one of the, that conversation I had with Mark Andraco like really, helped me improve the script um, because one of his notes was like you've got too much detail in here like mm-hmm. there's, you have to let your artist kind of go you can't just tie their hands you know like he said m- one or two maybe three sequences per book you can get really detailed on if you have something in your brain but otherwise you just got to trust your artist and let it go so fortunately um, I stripped a lot of that back before I sent it to Riley for the first time and still I think there was probably a little bit too much in there, Um, but it was a thing where I was really able to be like, if if she had an idea, I would say, yep, that sounds great. There's probably only once or twice when I had to go back and say, you know what, this was really, really what was in my brain. It kind of looked exactly like this. So can you have it? Maybe 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 change it to be a little bit more, you know, how I thought. But um, you know, nine times out of ten, her idea was better. Just made it a stronger book. And at the end of the day, it's less about, you know, is it what I thought it was going to look like, or does it look better? Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think no one's going to turn, no, nobody should be turning down something that's better just because it may not be what you thought it was originally.
0: Uh-huh. Um, so I think I, you already pretty much answered most of my questions. Yeah, um, I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Um, what advice would you offer to other comic writers or script writers and creators you wish someone would have told you when you first started?
1: oh wow um well definitely kind of what i just said that i learned from mark Andreco about trusting your artist um and even if you don't have an artist trust trust in yourself that you're going to find an artist that will elevate your work or you know don't settle for somebody that's that's not going to be a good match for you and that's going to do a disservice to your book um but trust that person even if you don't know who that person is yet um to elaborate on what you put down um the other Best thing that I said. And this is another thing that Mark Andreco told me when I spoke to him, um, which really made me go back and change a lot of the dialogue in the book, is that you should be able you be very, I, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but it was something along the lines of be very conscious of how your characters sound and that they don't all sound exactly the same. He said, You should be able to cover up the names of the people in the script and just read the dialogue and know who's talking or like a fan should be able to do that um and uh so that was really like kind of a light bulb for me like oh yeah all these characters sound like me (laughs) um so how do i how do i get them to not like maybe well this person can sound a little bit more like me but i'll have i'll you know i'll vary this person's speech pattern in, in some way that i have to be conscious of when i write it which makes it a little more difficult to write sometimes but um it definitely it differentiates the characters. So they don't all sound the same because they shouldn't all be the same. And it also kind of informs, I don't know, just brings it to life in a different way. Like if all the characters sound the same, it's boring. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the character of uh, one of the members of the Amazing Shakes, his name is Reverend TF45. He speaks um, alliteratively. Uh, So there's always, and this is something that I almost regret committing to, uh, because it's very difficult sometimes, but there's always at least once in everything that he's saying where there's two words next to each other that start with the same letter um and i try to do it as much as i can not 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 so that it's like annoying and so it's like wow no human being would really talk like that (laughs) or like like that's hard to understand um but it is hard uh but it also like makes him sound different than you know how I talk in real life that characters look based on the version of me that you know is in the real life band so I don't talk like that in real life um and that was that was another difficult thing too so because these are kind of like at least how they look characters are based on real people at least the three core members of the band are based on real people I had to think of them as different characters and you know they're not me and my friend Brandon and my friend Mark they're moonlight jackson backbeat and reverend tf45 like i have to write i can't don't worry about does it sound enough like mark just make it sound like moonlight don't make it sound like me make it sound like the character so that was something yeah
0: about- i was i was kind of wondering how much of their likeness is in it and how did you manage it but you're writing them like they look like the real life people but they're they are actually you have to i guess you have to separate them because you don't want them too much like the real life people because then what if you you get it wrong what if they get offended so if you make them as completely separate characters like almost like the exact opposite of who they are in real life or maybe exaggerated it won't be as bad
1: yeah exactly and it's easier because they are in this like the superhero mask wearing amazing shakes personas so like they're not you know just regular uh person versions of like you know every day me, Mark, and Brandon. Um, so they are elevated in some way. So that separates it. But I thought early on, I was like, this can't really be based on our real lives. Um, because like you said, it could end up being offensive. I could end up giving too much away um about somebody or um or just gets like, you know, I end up making references to somebody's real life and like somebody like you who might read this book, like, I don't know who that guy is. How am I supposed to know what this means? You know, so um it's a lot it's it was a lot a lot more freeing when I was like okay these are these are just comic book characters maybe they look like me and my two friends but they're not me and my two friends and uh, I can have them do or say or speak or act like however I want them to be because they are different maybe they have the same names as us um, you know uh, or human names as us but you know it was it was you know it, I didn't want to tie my hands to um, to, to reality too much because it's a comic book. And like, what fun is that? If I just make it exactly like how we are in real life, like the point is that it's a comic book, so it should be more fun and crazy and vibrant and all that stuff, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. And you're leaving everything on the table. So why not go, go big or go home? Why not just yeah. put it all out there basically? Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, well, my last question for you, Mike, is what is your idea of success? I ask that because as creators, if we're not getting regular paychecks from a full-time job or making consistent revenue from our art, um, we are considered failures. Many of us will put our dreams on the back burner or give them up altogether because this career path can be very intimidating and competitive. So what is your idea of quote-unquote success?
1: Uh, and I listened to a couple episodes of your podcast, so I knew you were going to ask this question and I still was unable to really like prepare an answer. This is a tough question.
0: Um yeah it's 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 very open and it can be like a kind of like a loaded question too. It's like if someone yeah. you know someone looks at you and is like oh he's in a band he's been in it for a really long time. Um you know they may not know anything about you personally but they see that you're in that like I said in the band and then you are pretty much at the point of completing your first comic book even though you've been working on it a long time you're still you still finished it like you saw it all the way through even though life kind of got in the way and other things that were more important to you, um, you did see those through, but you still also completed this as well. And they think of you as a success, you know, and I was, like I said, I was talking to another person before and I tell them how, how people base their compliments and their criticisms about your work or whatever it is you do based off their lives and their failures or their insecurities you know, like they say, oh, you were able to finish this comic book. I would have never been able to do that. And it's not that you weren't successful in what you did. It's that they would have never saw it through because it's based right. on their work ethic and not yours.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, that's a good point. Like just seeing it through, I think is a victory for any creator, like finishing the thing. Um, uh, Cause it's, it's, that's so hard. Like it's super fun to like you know, sit and write down notes of, I mean, you know, world building is, like, the most interesting part of any, like, writing or, you know, whether it be comic or novel or whatever, like, building the thing and, like, oh, and then this can be this and this can be this and we can have this character, like, that's great, but, like, you have to write it or it will not exist, <laughs> you know, you have to just sit down and make yourself do it, um, but, yeah, as far as, like, what I consider success, Uh, It's definitely changed over the years. Like when I was, you know, in high school or whatever, um, early college, I was like, I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to be a professional musician. And like, um, uh, you know, that's definitely kind of changed over time. And it's not that I don't, uh, not that I would say no if somebody, if that opportunity came into my, uh, dropped in my lap or whatever, but you know, it's about what else you have to give up in order to do that kind of thing. Like I'm married, I have a five-year-old, like I'm not gonna move to LA and try to be a a songwriter at this point in my life. Um, and so like when I realized that I wasn't gonna chase that dream as hard as like necessary, um, you gotta kind of figure out, you gotta just redefine, you know, success, like you're saying. Um, and for me, whether it's being in a band or this comic book, like just creating a thing a song, a book, whatever, finishing it, getting it out into the world, and having people uh, read it, listen to it, experience it, whatever, um, and enjoy it. That's success. Like, I feel like if I, like, I don't know, I, I'm I'm not a professional musician. I mean, I, I am in some ways, because I get paid to do it, but it's not my job. I have a day job, um, and I, I do, I write songs and I play music because I'm passionate about it. I, I wrote this comic book and I'm making it because I'm passionate about that. Um, so I think just success for me is challenging myself uh, to do something or to do something in a new way, uh, to do something in a way that I haven't done it before, like, you know, write a song in a different style or a different genre, or whether it's, you know, make a comic book for the first time. Um and having somebody and having it exist, <laughs> and having somebody listen to it, see it, read it, like it, um, and that's success. I don't know. Like it, you have to. I feel like I I can't go into anything thinking that it's going to be. You know, I, I didn't go in to make this comic thinking that I'm going to end up writing for DC Comics and that I'm going to be you know a super successful you know Tom King or whatever. Like that's not the goal. The goal is just to make the thing that I want to exist because it doesn't exist um and that's kind of like you know i read bob dylan once said writing a song is like having a dream and you have to make it come true and like that's kind of the same thing with this comic book it's like i had an idea i had an image in my head of um you know a female vampire attacking one of the members of the band and i was like i need to make that real and now it's real or it's becoming real um and the same with the song like i had this melody in my head and now uh you know five people get together and perform it for other people and other people know the words of that song like that's a big deal. Um, so I don't know. I just like making stuff. I like uh, I like being creative. I like finding new ways to be creative. And I and of course it's such a bonus and such I have such gratitude for people that hear those things or read those things or see those things and um, enjoy them themselves. So I don't know. I'm kind of rambling at this point, but I don't know. I do
0: know. Go not ahead. Give okay. a specific
1: answer, but I hope that's enough rambling to kind of let you and your listeners know what I mean by success I don't know making the thing executing the thing you know uh doing it instead of thinking about it or you know I'd, I'd be a failure here's like a second divine failure for me failure would be to not try it at all mm-hmm. um you know maybe I started writing this comic book and I got nowhere I was like I am bad at this I'm I don't think I'm going to be able to finish this um but even then I say hey, push yourself you don't know maybe you are maybe you're just at a roadblock right now but like if you push through maybe you'll get to the end of it um and that's the same thing with you know songwriting or anything like that too like if you don't if you're thinking about something that you would love to do and you never give yourself the opportunity to try it then that's uh that's more of a failure than trying it and not being good at it i think
0: yeah i, I totally agree uh yeah. is there anything else you wanted to push for the amazing shakes issue one vampire girlfriend maybe discuss the rewards for potential backers um yeah
1: we do have some cool rewards uh you can get um a digital copy you can get a a print copy we're giving out stickers for pretty much anything um pretty much any reward that I have to mail you something, you're gonna get a sticker with it as well. Uh, we had the opportunity to get drawn into the book, um, but those went really quick, so those are all gone, but you can get um, you can get your name on a thank you page, you can get a video greeting from the real life Amazing Shakes. You can get um, like an honorary certificate and your own uh, Amazing Shakes mask will make up a silly uh, rock and roll vigilante name for you and give you like a, a diploma. Um, uh you can get exclusive music from the real life band if you do check out the amazing shakes on spotify or Bandcamp or whatever and you like our how we sound where it's kind of like garagey punk rock stuff mostly about monsters a little surf uh vibe thrown in there if you like that stuff you can pledge at a higher tier and we will write and record exclusive music um for those people that pledge those tiers so we wanted to like we we did that knowing that like we're not like the Beatles or something like this isn't going to be like the most popular reward but we did want to do something that was unique because we are a real life band we wanted to try to offer something that maybe not every other comic creator can offer and that's you know exclusive music because it's tied to an actual um an actual band so uh we did want to do that um so that's available and yeah Kickstarter is going through mid November um, i'm not sure when this is going to air my personal goal is to get funded by Halloween. Um, we're only a little over $1,000 away from the goal it's been um, it's moved a lot faster than I expected it to but uh so yeah check that out it's out there, um, you can check out the real life amazing shakes on Spotify. Um, Check out Riley McFarlane, um, Riley It's R-I-E-L-Y, or you can follow her on Twitter at Angerspace. She is a really great artist. Um, and uh she's got some other stuff that she's working on too that um I don't know that I'm excited about. Uh she's not really allowed to talk about it, but I know about it. Mm-hmm. Um uh so check her out. And um, I don't know, other quick plug, not for the book, but I also um, I also host a uh, weekly nerd news podcast with my friend Steve called The Multiverse Report. Um, we haven't done, we only, uh, Riley was on the most recent episode. That was our first guest. And it's mostly just like kind of recapping the thoughts on announcements, be they about, you know, nerd related TV or movies, or, you know, we talk about comics a lot too. So you can check out The Multiverse Report. Um, and yeah, if you uh, see what you like on the Kickstarter, whether you like the art or you like me talking about it now, or you like the idea behind it, I'd be just incredibly grateful uh, if you could donate what you can, um, because I already got ideas for issue two and beyond. So I'd love this to take off so we can uh, keep going and move the story forward.
0: How many issues do you think it'll be?
1: Um, well, I have an idea for like a six issue arc, I think. Um, okay. I'm trying to break it down to be make it five issues. I don't know. It's kind of like a am right now I, I'm facing a uh, a like kill your darlings um, kind of situation where I'm like, I really like this, but do I need it? Um, which is a uh, is a tough decision for creators but um I think it's necessary um when you jettison the stuff that you don't actually need keep it kind of streamlined so I think I might be able to cut it down to 5 issues but right now it's I have it broken out into 6 issues issue 2 is probably 90% actually written out and scripted um and uh as I said you know the we have a certain goal set for the Kickstarter, but any any funds that go beyond, if we, you know, if we are lucky enough to get more than what we're asking for, and we can cover all of the expenses and everything, we have money left over, all that money is going to go right into the production of issue two. So um, I want to make sure Riley gets paid. I want to make sure all our um, backers get what they pledged for. And uh, if we have anything left over, we're going full steam ahead into issue two. So that's my plan.
0: All right. Uh, Again, I want to thank the writer and co-creator of the comic book series, The Amazing Shakes, Mike Gibson. We discussed The Amazing Shakes issue one, Vampire Girlfriend, currently on Kickstarter. I highly recommend our listeners to give the Kickstarter a look, share, and are back if they can. All of Mike's socials will be listed in this episode's details alongside the Kickstarter link. Again, I'm KS Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Nerdbird podcast. Thank you.